the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I will welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray as being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. Say to God, our Father desires to have a close, intimate relationship with those of us who are His children. But unfortunately, many of us don't take Him up on that opportunity to increase our intimacy with Him. Although the opportunity's there, most Christians don't have and enjoy that intimate relationship with God that He wants. Brothers and sisters, there are pathways that we all should take to increase our intimacy with God. And if we don't know what they are, then we should hurry up and learn what they are and even take them so that we can have and enjoy the increased intimacy with God that He desires for you and me. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. See, Jesus was not only chosen, chosen before the foundation of the world, just like you were. But at the same time, he was also precious. And that's what we want to be too. We want to be precious just like Jesus is. That word precious right there means valued. That word precious right there means valued. I like that. God wants you to be, Jesus. he considered Jesus as valued. Which means that he, he, had, he had a great value about him. See, Jesus was not merely precious in and of himself. What Jesus did was also precious to God. Jesus wasn't just precious in and of himself. But what he did was precious to him, too. And so, therefore, we don't just want to be precious to God in terms of who we are as a people. We want to be precious in God in what we do, too. We, want to just, we, we don't want to just be precious like a lump of precious. We want, we, we want to be precious active. Does that make sense? Hope so. We want to be precious just like Jesus was. Now, those, that's those of us that want to be imitators of him. And so, if he was precious, we want to be precious. If he did precious stuff, we want to do precious stuff. Let's look over Mark, Matthew chapter 3. Let's look at some of this precious stuff. Matthew chapter 3. Hallelujah to the living God. We're going over to Matthew chapter 3. We touched it a moment ago. Matthew chapter 3. Starting with verse 16. It says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Of course, he did what he did in order to fulfill all righteousness. And, 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 and for me and you. He says, and straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, the vo- uh, voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We already know he's beloved. He's beloved. He's precious in his eyes. He's valued in his eyes. He's important to him. But it don't stop there. Just keep reading, praise God, because you know that the chapter and verse designations were added in by the translators in order to aid and assist us in being able to locate things and be able to search things out in scripture. So we wouldn't have this big old book trying to figure out where everything is. We could easily be able to locate things. And so technically this continues on. So it says, in, in whom I am well pleased. Then was Jesus led of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. 
Of course, he went on in to be able to do what it is that God wanted him to do. That, too, was precious in God's eyes because when he went into the wilderness to do what it is that God wanted him to do. Now, as a beloved son of God, Jesus was led by the spirit of God somewhere to do something. He was led by the spirit of God somewhere to do something. Well, 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 if we want to be precious in God's eyes, we want to allow the same spirit of God that's in our life because the spirit of God is in your life. You do know that, praise God. You know he's living on the inside of you, praise God, if you are born again. If you're born again, the spirit of God is living in, on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Don't you know that you've been bought with a price? Therefore, glorify God in your, in your body, in your, in your soul, in your spirit, which are God's, praise God. We glorify God in all that we do. We make him evident and invisible. So he was led in there to do something. Let's look at that which he was led in the spirit of God to do, somewhere to do. It says, and when he had fasted, 40 days and 40 nights. He was afterwards a hungered. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he had a hungered. Now, even though the Bible says that he fasted, and he did, it's not all he did. Even though the Bible says clearly that he fasted, he did. But that's not all he did. One of the reasons why I say that's not all he did is because fasting is always attached to something. Fasting is always attached to something. And it's the thing that is that, that it's attached to, which they didn't speak of right here. But when you look at the rest of the life of Jesus Christ, they spoke about it in numerously. They spoke about it greatly. They spoke about it in so many different ways, but he did it there too. So for 40 days, he didn't just not eat cheeseburgers <laughs> and just walk around twiddling his thumbs, sitting on rocks and stuff like that, being like, okay, where the devil, where you going to be, where you going to show up? And just sit there, praise God. Wasn't sitting there texting nobody. Updating on Facebook. Watching the clouds. Ooh, that one looked like a giraffe. Ooh, that one looked like an elephant. No, he wasn't doing stuff like that. He was doing something else. And that which he was doing is one of the things that's precious in God's eyes. That which he is doing is one of the things that keeps him as a person who is precious in God's eyes. That which he does that many of us don't do is one of the reasons why we're not as precious as he was, but we're about to get as precious as he is too. Is that when Jesus was led by the Holy Ghost into the wilderness to do something, one of the things that he went in there and did was to pray. To pray. Fasting, we're going to get into it in detail at another date. Fasting was him making sure that the world and its influence did not get in the way of what it is that he was about to do. By demonstrating his control of self, fruit of the spirit, from his attachment with God to be able to do what it is that he was supposed to do. But there's a second side to that. And that second side is called prayer. It was through his prayer and his fasting that caused him to be such an intimate individual with the father. That's why for the next few weeks or so, we're going to be talking about prayer, the pa a pathway of intimacy with God. Prayer, a pathway of intimacy to intimacy with God. Because many people are not intimate with the father because they don't pray. Many people are not intimate with the father. Therefore, they don't pray. But we are people that's going to increase intimacy. And we're looking for pathways to intimacy. And one of those pathways is prayer. One of those pathways is prayer. Because when, if we study the life of Jesus, and we're going to. And we study the life of the powerful apostles, and we're going to. And we study the life of the people that God used mightily, and we're going to. We're going to see a commonality with all of them. One of the commonalities we have, and that's God in their lives. We have God in our lives. But another commonality that they have that we're going to have is intimacy. 
with that God that's in our lives. So we're going to be talking about prayer, a pathway to intimacy with God. Because that which the Jesus was led by the Spirit of God somewhere to do is to prayer. Prayer is a, def- is a definite pathway to increase intimacy with God. Prayer is a def- definite pathway to increase intimacy with God. Now, I felt a, a sink in the spirit. And I understand that, praise God. That's, that's all tied to why folk do it so little, because they really don't understand the awesome opportunity that you have in prayer. That which we have the ability to do that the other people on the face of the earth cannot do. They don't have access to the Father like we do. They don't have the ear of the Father like we do. They don't have the ability to pray anything according to his will and receive it just like me and you. Praise God. But yet at the exact same time, many times we associate prayer with getting something. Asking for something. Petitioning God for something. And all of that is included in prayer, but as quiet as it's kept, that's supposed to be the smallest part of your prayer. Because all prayer really is, is communication with God. All prayer really is, is communication with God. Notice what I didn't say. All prayer really is, is talking to God. I said it's communication with God. Because prayer is not limited to you talking to him. Prayer also includes him talking to you. That might not do nothing for none of y'all. But when the creator of the universe... Him who before time, who existed before time, takes the time to talk to you personally, intimately. You ought to like that. That the one who said light be and light was and light still is will like you. Come on, Facebook people. He'll like you. It's good to be liked by God. And when you find out that most of the stuff you've been chasing, crying, begging, frustrating yourself, spinning your wheels to get, is easily received with no more than just time spent with him. Then you'll understand the awesome opportunity that he has presented you in terms of being with him. In the ages of old, in in, in the way that the words in the pages are told, There are generations after generations after generations after generations after generations after generations of people who could not do what you can do. If we just go through the lineage of Jesus, that's 40 and two generations. For 40 and two generations. Before Jesus got here. Or people who could not go into the presence of God. Most of them that ever existed never heard a word from God. That it was silence in relationship to being spoken to by the Lord of glory. But that's not our story. Because all those people who accumulated their efforts together in order to establish a time where the people ahead would have opportunity to be able to hear what God said. To not just read it in a book, which is like magnanimous all by itself. Because they couldn't even read it in a book. We don't even, we don't just have the chance to read it in a book. We get a chance to hear it personally. Where the living God himself will talk to you. Prayer is an invitation by the living God. Say, come on, kick it with me. Come on, talk to me. And give me the chance to talk back to you. To set aside a time, set aside an opportunity, have a desire to want to hear from me and watch me come through for you. One word of God can change your life. 
One word of God can end all nonsense and strife. One word of God can empower you like you've never been empowered before. To be able to do more than you ever did before. One word of God can change your existence. Just one. And God is saying, I want to talk to you. You draw now to me. I'll draw now to you. You make a move. I'll make a move. You make a move. I'll bust a move. Does anybody hear me up in here? Prayer is also, prayer is also supposed to be talking to him. As quiet as it's kept and it's kept real quiet. Prayer is supposed to be primarily talking to God and letting God talk to you. It's sharing with him and allowing him to share with you. It's reasoning with him and allowing him to share his reasoning with you. It's demonstrating your caring for him and allowing yourself to find out that he cares for you. So instead of a, a just a line in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a scripture that you kind of ignore when we say in first Peter chapter five, verse seven, casting your care upon him for he careth for you. I know, I know he cared for me more than I care for myself. I know, I know it will light you up because you'll find out he, he really does care for you. Knows you better than you know yourself. Know everything that you've been through in life. Knows everything that's happened to you in life. Knows what it is that's going to happen to you in your life. And will share it with you if you've got the time to just let him talk to you. Prayer is awesome. Prayer is precious before God. Turn over to Revelation chapter 5. Let me kind of like halfway kind of show you how precious it is to God. Just using the words that he gave. That's all I can do. I can use the words that he gave to show you how precious it is to him. Hearing the words that you've spoken. That you speak to him. Revelations chapter 5. Of course, this is a throne room experience. We don't have time to go into the whole experience. Praise God. But this is up in a throne room. John the Elder was caught up in heaven and he got a chance to be able to see some things that folk don't see. See some things that folk don't see. But all the things that we that are born again are going to see. Because there's going to be a day we're going to have clean access physically into the presence of God. Revelation chapter 5. We'll pick up reading at verse uh, 6. It says, And I beheld... And lo, check it out, don't miss this. In the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth unto all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them, listen to this, every one of them, all them beasts, all them elders, listen to what they had, having every one of them harps, and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. They have harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. The prayers of saints are precious to God. Precious to God. In fact, he calls them an odor. That word odor right there in the, tra- in, in, in the, in the Greek translates an aroma. It's like the, it's, the, it's sweeter than the finest perfumes. It's sweeter than the most powerful perfumes. Sweeter than costly oils. Eau de toilette. <laughs> we'll never get what, God, what your prayers are to God. Because notice what the prayers of the saints were contained in. Golden vials. Golden vials. Not merely vials, but golden vials. God contains your prayers in golden vials. 
and has the folk that are all around him hold on to him so that they never leave his presence. He has the folks that hold that all around him hold on to him so that they never leave his presence. So in his presence continually are your prayers. They're golden vials. That word golden right there means made of gold. I like how he chose that word made of gold. Why? So that you don't think that it's merely spray painted with gold. (laughs) The vials that hold your prayers are made of gold. Through and through. And inside of it is an aroma that he values so much. Come on now. If I gave you something that wasn't worth nothing, would you put it in a golden container? If I gave you something that was, ah, you know, all right. Would, I put it, would you put it in a golden container? You'd be holding that golden container for the best stuff you could find, the greatest stuff you could find. You ain't putting nothing cheap, ain't nothing weak up in there. You're going to put the best thing you got up in there. Praise God. So did God. Your prayers. That's because the prayers of the saints are precious to God. Turn to Revelations chapter 8, please. Revelations chapter 8. They mean so much to him, he put them in golden vials. Starting with verse 2. And I saw the seven angels, praise God, were stood before God. And to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar. Having a golden censer, there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. So the prayers would be taken to the golden altar, which was before the throne, along with his incense. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended before God out of the angel's hand. So what that it would do is the smoke would rise up and it would go up to God and then he would inhale it. It would go into his nostrils and go by his nostrils and he would inhale it. You mean God internalizes your prayers? You mean he brings them into himself? No wonder the devil doesn't want you to pray. No wonder they just teach you that prayer is Jesus wept and stuff like that. Prayer is God and just pray over your food. And, but really don't talk to God. Just make sure you don't get poisoned and jacked up by what you eat. That's all. Prayer is so important to God. It is valuable to God. First Timothy chapter two, please. God loves your prayers. He wants your prayers. He petitions your prayers. He's done everything necessary to set it up so that you can have access to come unto him with your prayers. First Timothy chapter two. God wants all of us to pray. First Timothy chapter two. Verse eight. He said, I will therefore. That men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Look at what his desire is. I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. One translation says, I will therefore that every man pray. God's will is that every man everywhere prays. God's will is that every man everywhere prays. Every man means everybody. Everybody leaves out nobody. God desires that everybody on the face of the earth prayed. That's why he sent his son to die for them. For the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not just you. Not just your foe and no more. Not just the folk in your neighborhood. Not just the people with your natural complexion. Not just the people with your social economic status. Not just the people who are of your gender. God wants everyone everywhere to pray. That's why he covered their sins. 
so that he can be able to invite them in. Those of them that would accept the invitation to come on in, to be able to come unto him and receive what it is he has in store for him. God wants every man everywhere to pray. Everywhere means in every place. God wants there not to be a place on the face of the earth that he created and stocked with men to be able to have those same men turn around and lift up holy hands unto him without wrath nor doubting and even go before him shouting and be able to pray unto God and be able to give him that which he inhales and enjoys and receives inside himself. Whereas he hears from the people that he delivered. Where the people that he sent people to be able to make sure that you get saved. That he gets to hear your voice. Hallelujah. Could you imagine marrying somebody who don't talk to you? Could you imagine living with somebody who don't talk to you? And then when they do say something to you, because <laughs> they want something. And other than that, <laughs> they ain't got nothing to say to you. Because as soon as they <laughs> get what they want, now they ain't got no more conversation for you. Come on, married ladies in the house. Could you feel me on that? Oh, that's why y'all stretching all up and stuff, huh? <laughs> You're trying to stay holy with the people sitting near you, huh? Praise God. So you don't say nothing wrong. <laughs> Brothers, come on, come on. Same thing with you. Could you imagine, can you imagine being married to some young lady that will not talk to you? Give you the cold shoulder? Cold back? Ain't got nothing to say? When you come in the house, it's like she ain't even there? Even though you're looking right at her? I'm trying to help y'all feel what God feels. Because all y'all did was say, I do. He sent somebody to die for you. To be able to get access to you. So that you can have access to him. So that you can be able to talk to him. He said, I wish man, all airmen everywhere pray. God desires that all of us pray. Look at your neighbor and say, that includes you too. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed for what the word of God had to say. Hope that you've seen that one of the many things that God wants us to do is to increase the intimacy that exists between him and me and you. Hope that you're not only seeing it, that's what he wants us to do, but that we should do what it is that we need to do to increase the intimacy between God and me and you like he wants us to do. Otherwise, we'll miss the chance of a lifetime to be in an intimate relationship with the most awesome, powerful entity of all time, an opportunity that we definitely don't want to blow. We should do everything we can do to learn how and do what we learn to do to become more intimate with the God who loves and saved me and you. That's what I'm going to do. I hope you do the same thing too. If you want to get a message in this entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210 That's area code 210-7859-238. Or write us at Word of Faith nineteen twenty eight Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio surrounding areas, come visit us at Word of Faith. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'd be glad to come and get you. And we also invite all the married people in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Covenant Partners Fellowship this evening. It's an evening out for the married people that's done on the third Friday of every month where the widest-winded folk in San Antonio and surrounding areas come together in a casual atmosphere 
and have food and fun and fellowship and get a powerful word from God that'll help you take your marriage to another level. So come on through. You go from being married to happily married, I guarantee you. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. It starts at 7 p.m. and it lasts until, hey, it's a night out. You don't need to find a babysitter because child care is provided at no charge. So come on through and spend one evening out of the month investing in your marriage so that it could be as good as God designed it to be and get even better than you ever thought it could be. Whether both of you come or one or you come, just come on through. I guarantee that you'll be blessed when you do. And don't forget, saints, make sure that you're in church on Sunday. If you're not at work, every child of God needs to be in the Father's house on Sunday. There's no substitute for being in church, fellowshipping with other believers, and worshiping God in the house of God. I believe every born-again believer should say what the psalmist said when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you can be in church on Sunday, we'll be in church on Sunday. You'll be blessed when you do, I guarantee you. And to all of you who've been a blessing to us by sending words of encouragement by letter or email to us, sharing with us that you're being blessed by the messages and that you're praying for us, I want to say to all of you, thank you. And to all of you who've been so kind to send financial offers in support of our ministry, we want to say to all of you from the bottom of our heart, thank you. You've blessed us in ways that we never asked or expected you to do. The Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he so reap. Well, since all of you have been such a tremendous blessing to us, writing words of encouragement to us, praying for us, and even sending financial support to us, we know that God's not going to be mocked concerning you. God's going to do for each and every one of you what he said in his word that he would do. That is, he's going to make sure you reap what you sow. So we thank God in advance for all the blessings that we know are coming your way because of your being a blessing that you've been to all of us each and every way. May God richly bless all of you for blessing us as we endeavor to do what God has called us to do, that is be a blessing to a blessed people like you. So once again, thank you for being a blessing. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast next week for more of this life-changing work we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 